previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's what you're going to get if you're here and you come down for Sunday and the weather is good. We're going to go play golf. Okay, that's what we're going to do if you're down here Sunday and the weather is good. Okay, is that a deal if it's if that, that happens? Is, that is 100% a deal. I get two strokes aside and loser buys lunch. I'm going to buy the lunch. We don't have to worry about that. You're a 14. I'm at 18. You're not getting anything. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And in fact, I did play golf yesterday because it was beautiful. It was like 55 degrees in Washington. There was no wind. It was gorgeous. But I didn't play with Booger because he didn't come down. Because I guess the Monday night auxiliary crew, not the people broadcasting the game, but people doing the pre and the post, they didn't come down. Well, you, you'll see him when you go out to FedEx Field tonight. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's not here. Oh, oh. No, oh. he's not here. That's oh. the whole point. I would have taken oh, him to gotcha. play golf. And I'm not going to see the I don't even know the other people. To people doing the game. I mean, know him to say hello, but no, I won't be going out there. Yeah, I, I won't be. Now, did you walk all 15 yesterday? I walked them all, and my leg felt okay. I was happy about that. Michael is here, the far end of Uncle Benny's table. Jeannie is here. We have a lot to talk. I wanted, I, I got to talk about the NFL, and I will talk about the NFL in a second, because we're not going to get to it at any other point in this show, because Wilbon is not here with us today. Wilbon is on a flight to Arizona as we speak. Um, but... I had, and I'm glad Jeannie is here. I'm having memory problems, very specific memory problems. Uh-oh. I want to see how you feel about this. Time and time again, I would say eight to ten times, I forget Kenneth Branagh's first wife's name. And then I struggle with it. And I say, is it Maud? Is it Angelique? Is it? And I finally come up with Emma Thompson. I finally come up with that because that's who it is. You're looking at me like it's not Emma Thompson. Uh, I think it is no, Emma Thompson. I'm looking at you like that's a relatively obscure fact right. to forget. It's not like you're forgetting your home address or your telephone. But when I then say to myself, you will never forget Emma Thompson again, I forget it again. Yeah, I do stuff I like forget that. it again. I do stuff like that. Now, the other day, I wanted very much to remember the name of a movie. I could not come up with the name of this movie. I'll tell you who's in the movie, and you'll know immediately who it is. Maybe. Okay. It's Kevin Klein. It's William Hurt. It's Glenn Close. It was supposed to be Kevin Costner's screen debut. It was the, Jeff yeah, Goldblum. The Big Chill. I couldn't think of The Big Chill. I knew dialogue. I knew when they played the Rolling Stones song. I knew Meg Tilly was in this movie. Nobody knows who Meg Tilly is. And I could not come up with the name The Big Chill. Michael got it for me because you went through IMDb. I went through IMDb and now everyone knows how my Thanksgiving weekend went where after the boys <laughs> went to bed, I found dad in a, in a poorly lit room with a single glass of wine. You know, tried I, to remember. Okay, so I've had Do you ever so- have anything? Oh, yeah, I've had something like this recurring since the show's succession returned for season three. Right. I keep looking at Kendall Roy and going, he reminds me of, of Josh Hawley. Then, two days later, Kendall Roy reminds me of, of, (laughs) and I have to dig, 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 dig. And sometimes it may take like 12 hours, and I'll just go, Josh Hawley. At least you get it on your own. I had to go to Michael. I could not, I I went to Alexa and said, what is the name of this movie? And gave her all the stars, and there was no response. Well, she's not our generation. She's not intuitive. No, she's not our generation. She's too young to know that. Have you read the uh, Shouts and Murmurs from this week's New Yorker, Succession Junior? No, I'm a week behind. Please just oh, okay. look forward to that. Okay. But you have to you have to do it in their voices. Okay. The first Kendall line, tremendous. Okay. It's at a Montessori school. Okay, so I, um, I, I said I would get to the NFL, and I will. And I've ranked the games in importance yesterday. In my mind, these are the most important games. These are not... I watched the early sports center, and, and the producers of the early sports center did not rank them in, in the order that I did. In fact, they started with the Baltimore Ravens beating the Cleveland Browns. Maybe they started because it was the late game. But that was fifth to me. That was fifth. I mean, here's the thing about Baltimore. They win these close games all the time, or they play close games all the time. Often they win them. I am not convinced. I'm not confident in them. I'm not particularly confident in them. Lamar Jackson had like three or four picks last night. Is he a really great quarterback? Sure. Am I really confident in him? No. So I thought, I honestly thought the most important result yesterday was the Patriots being Tennessee. 
The Patriots have now won six games in a row, and Tennessee's a good team. And now that sets up Patriots at Buffalo next Sunday. It's a great three weeks. That that's they got the Buffalo twice and Indianapolis once. The Patriots now, to me, actually look like a Super Bowl team. And Mac Jones looks like a rookie of the Did year. Did you see his first touchdown question. pass yes. to the corner? Yes. He's really good. They got the right guy for their system. You know, that's the important thing. They were with Cam Newton last year. They gave him the ball all the time. He wasn't any good. He's terrible now at got, Carolina. Got benched. He's terrible. He's, he's done. But Mac Jones is the right guy. Second most important result to me. Tampa Bay beating Indianapolis. 38-31. Tampa Bay in the last minute coming back. Well, not coming back. The score is even. But t- Tom Brady at 80 years old leads you down the field. Tom Brady is a, is a godlike figure in the history of, right, in the history of football. He's a godlike figure. You don't have to watch all the you don't watch any NFL games. Yeah, I've kind of drifted toward college football and away from the NFL. That's I, an, not on any high moral ground here. That's just where I went. Well, I mean, the Colts are a good team. They were with Tampa every step of the way. They led a lot of that game. That is a big result because that's on the road. For and it, Tampa and it took a while for Brady to score. They, yeah. I mean, they were not that efficient the first quarter or so. Yeah. What's the third most important game? The Packers beating the Rams. I was wrong. I was wrong about the Rams. I was specifically wrong about Matthew Stafford. He's not going to be the MVP. They're not going to be in the Super Bowl. That was my pick. I was wrong. Aaron Rodgers is great. Now you're angry at Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was great on Jeopardy hosting. Right. But the whole COVID lie busted him for me. So you didn't buy that he was immunized? I, I didn't. I don't think he's that godlike <laughs> right. that he would be able to immunize himself. Right. So you're you're out you're out on Aaron. I'm out on Aaron. Even though even with his allergies, <laughs> I didn't like anything after that. How about his broken toe? Are you happy he has a broken? No, I'm not happy. But it's he not has COVID toe. toe. <laughs> right. Okay, that was the third most important game because the Packers are good and Aaron Rodgers right now is the MVP in the league. Fourth most important game. I'm sorry, I had Browns Ravens fourth, and then fifth for me was the Bengals beating the Steelers, killing the Steelers, and and doubled Roethl- up this year. Ben Roethlisberger is done. He's done, and the Steelers are done, and they've got to move away from Ben Roethlisberger at this point. And Joe Burrow is in ascendance. Joe Burrow, in his second year, is going to be a great quarterback. And usually you can tell in the second year. Troy Aikman in the second year. Um, Tom Brady in the second year. Peyton Manning in the second year. In the second year, they make the big jump. And so that's what it was. So that's what I've done. I've done that, and I don't have to do that anymore. And now... I'll tell you what I did last night to prepare for this show. I have emails from a year ago. I never threw them out. I just went through them. I had nothing else to do, and I did that, and I brought up a couple, and I wanted to share them with people. This one is from Sunday, February 21st, 2021. That's what, eight months ago, nine months ago, ten months ago? Yeah, we were still pandemicing. Hi. After a very nice summer vacation, what we had last summer in August, to celebrate our 12th wedding anniversary, my dear wife Esther, for me, a very nice surprise for this year. This year, on April 24th, 2021, we will be married 12 and a half years, and we will then go back to Valkenburg in Holland from the 26th to the 30th, April 2021, and then we stay for the second time in the beautiful luxury hotel, namely Hotel Monopole, because we liked it very much last time, and we are very well spoiled by the hotel. The people there are very sweet and nice and very hospitable. They have great food, and we have therefore decided that when we go to Valkenburg to go to Hotel Monopole from now on. We want to celebrate our 12 and a half years of marriage again in Valkenburg. Nice weather with the two of us and in a very nice room. Upstairs in the hotel with a view of the whole of Valkenburg. I wanted to ask you something. Would you like to create a free congratulatory video message from me and my wife, Esther, once and email that to me? I put all video messages on USB. I don't look at it because we will only look at it when we are in Valkenburg on Monday, April 26th. I hope to answer. Please let me know. Thanks in advance. Sincerely, Dirk Rolfs from Ofisden in Holland. That would account for the syntax, of course. Because English is not his native language. He's Dutch. Are you sure this wasn't read? I'm having strong deja vu feelings. I, I, no. I hear Peter Sellers reading this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, 
Let me just say to Dirk and Esther, I'm a little late. I'm a little late, but if you're still listening, I hope you had a great time in Vulcan. Clip this audio. But this is a variation of name dropping. This is destination dropping, which I think is actually worse. Have you been to Valkenburg? I have not. I've never heard of it. It's not on my bucket list. I've never heard of Valkenburg. They treat them so well. (laughs) The Hotel Monopole. Here's another one. From March 5th, 2021. First-time emailer, long-time listeners, I listened to your segment about celebrities seeming smaller than life because of the Golden Globes. I couldn't help from laughing about a celebrity experience I once had. I was staying at a high-end hotel in Chicago with a group of friends, humble brag. We were going to watch Iowa play Northern Illinois at Soldier Field. As we prepared to leave the hotel, not the monopole, by the way, I add parenthetically. (laughs) As we prepared to leave the hotel in the morning, I was standing in the lobby and I realized I was standing next to William H. Macy. He was waiting for a limo. I looked at him and I said in my extremely mature voice, wow, you're William H. Macy. He laughed and said, yes, I am. Unfortunately, the next thing I said was, you're really short, like a little person. (laughs) Mr. Macy was done with our exchange at that point. He looked at me, shook his head and sarcastically said, enjoy your life, man. I went over to my group of friends and said, look, there's William H. Macy. Leave him alone. He doesn't like me. In the end, I agree with you. Celebrities are smaller than life. Please don't use my name. Corey Lorenzen, Cedar Falls, (laughs) Iowa. Thought we'd get to that. And one more. Um, This is from March 4th, 2021. A busy week. Dear Dr. Grandpa, Monday the 8th, I'm beginning the career I've been chasing for four years now. That's Monday the 8th of March. Thanks to you, television. If the sound guy ever says he can't hear me, I will always remember the advice that was passed on to you. And I add parenthetically by Van Gordon Sauter at the time, the head of CBS Sports. Turn it to the right and it gets louder. I hope they don't fire me. Thank you for being my mentor for so many years. Sincerely, Ben Brunner, producer, WBOC-TV 16. I hope that's worked out. Yeah. I hope that's worked out. Maybe One- he could send us an update and then we'd read it this time next year. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be nice. I mean, I'd like to know how he's doing. Corey Lorenzen, I wonder if he's seen any short celebrities and mentioned that. I'll do one more. From Andrew Slywa. I wonder if he's related to Curtis Slywa. Andrew from Larchmont. I was delighted. This was from March 6, 2021. I was delighted to hear you mention Binghamton Country Club on the show last week, or as the locals call it, the B. I myself grew up in the Triple Cities area in a small town called Owego. I know Owego. Owego had a great restaurant. It was up 17 from us on the way to Western New York. Is that spelled Oswego? No, Oswego is different. Oswego is way upstate near Canada. And Owego is near the Triple Cities. Oh. Always in Owego. I grew up playing competitive junior golf in the area. While my parents couldn't afford a membership at the B, I was lucky enough to play it several times a year in tournaments. My home course growing up was the Lynx at Hiawatha Landing, just off Route 17. I know that. I spent every summer either working or playing on that golf course for eight years of my youth. While all my friends worked as bag boys, I chose to work on the grounds crew because I was always fascinated by the craft. I spent years doing menial tasks like emptying the trash bins on the tee box, filling divots, and raking bunkers, but loved every minute of it. My passion for agronomy led me into this field of study at Cornell University. I studied horticulture, and I played on the golf team at Cornell. Cool, Michael, I don't believe we ever crossed paths on the Ivy League golf circuit, but if you're ever looking for a career in horticulture, please let me know. Your botanical knowledge was evident during the Bloomscape read last week. I now work for a landscape company that designs, builds, and maintains elegant landscapes in New York City. I've been listening to the show for over five years while I bounce around the city on the subway, and I want to thank you for the entertainment. Tony, I believe you've gone up to Cornell to play the RTJ Robert Trent Jones golf course, which I think is the second one he ever designed. I have during football fundraisers in the past. So I'm curious, which course in central New York did you prefer, the B or the RTJ? To be honest, it was the Binghamton and the Michael B. who designed Binghamton. Oh, that's a Tillinghast. That's a Tillinghast course. Great greens and a very memorable, sh- the short number uh, number two. So, Great yes. front right pin. So I hope if Andrew from Larchmont is still listening, he's happy now. And by the way, well, that's a great success story to go to horticulture school and, and end up doing this f- through golf. This is what I did last night. How insane is this? I got more of them. It's pretty insane. I got more of them. When are we going to get to April 2021? I got February, March 5th. I got Sunday, March 7th. I got, I don't know why I never. Here, here's a great one. Here's a great You don't have to prepare for the show from John anymore. Just Rowland. read year old emails. Yeah, from John Rowland in Fort Worth, Texas. This is from March 5th. I'm just writing to let you know that I listen to your show and I'm not a rum dum. I'm not going to ask for your phone number. I just don't feel the need to talk to you. 
that, of course, is the Peter Asher thing. Remember when I just wanted him to know I was just not some sort yeah. of rum. When he tried to make that relationship happen. It didn't happen. I mean, I called him. We chatted. I tried my best. It didn't work. Anyway. Twirling the fo- phone cord in one hand. Anyway, I thought, I thought that was not fun. That was fun. It was lovely. It was, fun. It was like a trip back in time. Well, wait till we get to the segment with you. Then we'd go. We, I have other things written down that are just wonderful. Totally crazy thing. Emails about me? No, no. Oh. I want to talk about. I'm just going to let you know now. Okay. Have you seen the commercial Matt Damon does for cryptocurrency? No. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about cryptocurrency. You got the wrong gal. No, no, it's me. I don't understand it either. No. It's like, here's what I'm not doing today. Cryptocurrency, Stephen Sondheim, NFL. Those are not in my wheelhouse anymore. We'll be back. Uh, Chuck Culpepper will join us. Lots of news with college football. And Gene loves college football, so we're in great shape. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe ad. Jesse is going crazy on Jeannie while we do the Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals. That's 40% off their award-winning home security. Thank you, Jesse. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, a large dog, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Jesse wants me to tell you that Simply Safe was even named the best home security system of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. I think people like this. I'm not sure. I certainly don't. Some yeah. do, some don't. You can easily customize the system it. for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a home security system starting at just over $100. What I think she's doing is trying to tell dogs about this. That's what I think. I'm not sure, though. Take advantage, <coughs> excuse me, of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash Tony, S-I-M-P-L-I. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Tony for 40% off your entire system. Jesse has calmed down a little bit, so we're happy about that. I gave her a sedative. <laughs> You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. My brother's old room used to be mine And all of our posters have changed over time Now all of our idols are on the tip of our tongues And we can't recall what's his name over eggnog and rum this is a woman named Heather Maloney. This is sent to us by Michael Granberry, the arts and feature writer at the Dallas Morning News. And let me just read it to you. I know I just sent you some songs, but I hope you'll find time to play these on your show. They're both by Heather Maloney, who in my opinion is a budding superstar. The New York Times has called her music utterly gorgeous, visceral, and the great Graham Nash described her work as delicious, really excellent. I first heard Heather in virtual concert with Liz Longley, whose music you've also played. Heather's song, Let Me Stay, blew me away. Haven't heard a song that deep and insightful in a long time. This is Let Me Stay by Heather Maloney, who will be with us in the second time we play music. What do you think? Uh, the first four lines made me cry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She's unbelievable. Yeah. These are original artists. We're not sitting here playing Three Dog Night, kids. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that. All right, she, she plays in... She plays in Chuck Culpepper, who had a very busy week, and I had written down a whole bunch of questions yesterday for Chuck Culpepper, because what I wanted to say to him to begin with was the three games that I watched on Saturday, each one was great. Ohio State-Michigan was great. Auburn-Alabama was great. Oklahoma-Oklahoma State was great. I paid attention. I wrote things down. It's all out in the garbage now because Lincoln Riley has gone to USC. That's the headline, kids. Lincoln Riley, the quarterback whisperer, has gone to USC. Chuck, what, what, I mean, what do we make of this? I did not see that coming at all. Isn't it something to be 38 years old as he is and to reshape the entire national landscape to, to sort of unplug one place to some degree, Oklahoma, 
it'll be okay, but maybe not that okay. And then to plug in the entire West Coast, uh, you know, USC, uh, the Pac-12, the, the West, I've, I'm tired of hearing myself say that we need them to be good in order to be a successful country. And, um, and, and the sport needs them to be good and needs them to be viable and competing for and championships. And they stink, and Larry Scott was the worst commissioner in the history of the world. He took a conference that was dominant and important in two different sports and sank them in a bathtub. That's, I just add that editorially, but please, Chuck, continue. <laughs> <laughs> he also once reached number 211 on the ATP tennis tour rankings. But, Is that right, um, Larry Scott? Mm, mm. Yeah. High ranking. Yeah. Only really bent people know that. But um he but it's it's the kind of news that is just feels like some sort of this is overstated, um, but it feels like some sort of tectonic shift. You know, it's just it's just and, and the thing is USC say last summer in Los Angeles I went there and I talked to um a a father of who has three players in college football, two in and one who's about, about to sign somewhere. And we talked a lot about USC and there was just, it was starting to gather some recruiting energy, maybe at that point, just a little bit, but it had really gone, you know, into a place where here it's August or July in Los Angeles and nobody's really talking about it. And that's, you know, that's a, that's strange. And so the, the idea now is <laughs> next July is going to be uh, very loud. They have fired three coaches in a row in the middle of a season. They are a disaster. You, U.S. I can't tell you if you're if you're under the age of thirty. I can't tell you what USC and UCLA meant to college football even before the pros went out to California. USC, I, I as a kid, I wanted to watch those games. I loved those uniforms. I loved where they played. I loved everything about them. And they dis, they've disappeared. The whole West Coast has disappeared. And you're right. If anybody can re-energize it, he can. But there's a there's some practical questions here. Because of the two most frightening or the two most welcoming words in all of college sports, transfer portal. What happens to the Oklahoma quarterbacks? Does he take people with him? What happens at USC with Lincoln Riley, Chuck? So this is something to, I I know watching recruiting can be kind of, I don't know, gauche sometimes or however we feel about it, but it's, it's important. And this is something over the next few days to maybe to view, which is that he had four major recruits from Southern California uh, coming there across the next couple seasons, you know, classes. And so it's really interesting to watch, you know, what they what's going on in those homes now, what they do. Um, I know a lot of times um, parents, parents of these recruits and and in Southern California, this is true. They. They have kind of uh, chat groups, you know, where they all talk about what's going on and, you know, how, wow, Oregon's really making a push down here now, which has happened in recent years. And, and USC's got to stop thinking of itself as USC and start thinking of itself as an upstart again in order to, you know, to get back at it. And so, you know, this, this changes all of that. And that, in turn, you would think changes all of the, you know, the potential for scoreboards and wins and standings and maybe titles. We got a kid local for us, right? Gonzaga High School, Caleb right. Williams. Right. He's, he's, he supplanted a guy who was the favorite for the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma this year. Do you think he follows Lincoln Riley to USC? Do you think they've had that conversation? Boy, I, I always think... He's the first person I thought about when yeah. when this news came in, and you know what what that decision becomes. You can't make a move like this as Riley is going to do without having somebody who who's, who is then put in that situation. I agree. So it's I part agree. of life, you know. I so, agree but, with that. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if he's if he's going to uh, to follow. Um, it would seem. It would seem a bit awkward. It would seem, you know, they they would have other quarterbacks coming in um, from recruiting classes now in high school, maybe to USC with this hire. So it is a it's 
it's a big hubbub going on there now. I, I'll, I'll just say this, that, that Florida is a major school in football. It is a big deal school. It has won multiple national championships. Spurrier won. Urban Meyer won. They fired Dan Mullen, who was very successful at the beginning there and successful at Mississippi State where he had Dak Prescott. They fired him. They hired a guy named Billy Napier from Louisiana. And and normally the hire at Florida would be a really big deal. And it was for about 30 minutes until Lincoln Riley dropped this bomb that he was going to USC. Correct, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't Napier's hire be a big deal? Correct. And people who, you know, people who really love following the coaching carousel and everything, have, they've pegged Napier for a long time as, uh, as somebody who is an obvious choice to come lead a program such as that. So, yeah, that would be, that would be a big deal. And, and it got completely just steamrolled by this thing yeah. out west. It's in agate. It's in agate. It's in it's transactions. In yeah. Nobody cares about it. Let me get back to those games that I invested so much of my time in on Saturday. <laughs> How great, you were there. How great was that in the snow that I didn't see that coming from Michigan at all. I thought that was a 30-point Ohio State win. That must have been thrilling to be there. I don't, I don't imagine that when you're watching a game, you're listening to any television broadcast. But Gus Johnson went crazy and it and it was worth it because it it was it seemed to me chuck it was that important what was it like to be there it's almost as if going 2 and 17 across the previous 19 editions of a rivalry ends up having some value some sort of weird value because the feeling it was almost like you could feel the 2 and 17 or the, the no win in 10 years in the stadium and that feeling sort of just just swept up into this noise that was said to be by you know those who were there all the time beyond any noise they had heard in there you know the Aiden Hutchinson the the excellent defensive end was talking about how you know he had never heard them so he used the word so invested and it was this feeling very very hard to describe in terms of of what it meant, because in, in Michigan, there's almost, I, I, I don't think Michigan fans will boast all that much about this win. I think what they'll do is sort of, there's, there's almost this gratefulness that, that overrides any, any kind of boasting, because you can't really, you know, you can't really needle people who've beaten you that many times in a row, but there's just this, this feeling about it that I've very seldom seen even in, you know, a misspent life wandering to all these games. It's impossible to overstate, Chuck, how terrible Harbaugh has been in big games. It's, you, you, you can't. As, as great as Harbaugh is, he's been terrible in these games. This, what did he look like after the game to you? I thought his entire <clears throat> countenance changed. I just thought his, the whole aura of him seemed to change. And, you know, he's had an aura among people who watch football for a long time. But I just thought there there was this there was this relief. I was a bit surprised in the press conference room at how open he was about how great it felt. I kind of expected maybe a little more of, hey, we still got Iowa uh, next week, and we better take care of that and pay attention to that. And he, he said some of that stuff, but he really shared uh, how special the feeling was for him and that that line he had about this feels like a beginning yeah. which you know here's a guy who was he was the focus of attention way back in 2015 and then we all forgot about him for in to a large degree and he did he's done a good job he's won the games that you should win for the most part but um not the big ones as you say and it seemed like we waited for seven seasons for them to make a really, really big play, and it was that one at Penn State when the tight end um, took Eric All, took that pass and went 47 yards for the, for the win. And so, when, and that came, but nobody saw this coming, especially the way no. they manhandled them all, along the lines. No. Just killed them. Just, just blew the defensive line out and ran at will. So looking ahead, is if Michigan beats Iowa, I assume Michigan is in the playoff. But more importantly... Is Ohio State definitely out at this point with two losses? I think, I think yes, 
for that. I think one of the losses being at home and and this, and I think the really the really uh, crazy thought to entertain is that if Michigan keeps looking like that, they can win the whole thing. I have to say it kind of quietly, but they can. So if if you are really Cincinnati, can. if you are Cincinnati, I assume you feel good that Michigan beat Ohio State for two losses, and I assume you feel good that Alabama came back because, you know, Alabama's probably in now, even if they lose, unless they lose badly to Georgia. But are you breathing easier if you're Cincinnati or not? I would have liked, if I was Cincinnati, I would have liked Alabama to go ahead and lose to Auburn and be out. Because I didn't think... It, given Auburn's re- record over the recent weeks, and I think they're six and six now, I I just thought that um, Alabama would be out at that point. Um, I, I didn't think even we're all waiting for a two-loss team to get in, and it will happen at some point, I, I suppose. And it probably would be Alabama if it were anyone. Sure, sure. But, um, but I just think uh, it would have it would have maybe helped clear the Oklahoma State question to some degree is, um, you know, if I'm Cincinnati now, I might have to worry a little bit about, uh, say, Bama, Michigan, Georgia, and Oklahoma State getting in if they decide that, you know, the Big 12 conference championship is is of greater value. Now, the Big 12 is spoiled meat to me. I wouldn't put them in, but that's just me. I would put Cincinnati in at this point because the win over Notre Dame at Notre Dame looks better and better because Notre Dame hasn't lost any other games, if I'm making this call, does Auburn, that game was so good, and the quarterback for Alabama on the last drive, he's got to go 97 yards. His third down passes were tremendous. Does Auburn have nobody else that they've got to keep Finley in there? He's operating on one leg. They don't have another guy? Yeah, it just seemed, it just seemed they, were, they were just trying to hang on there. You know, and there's a lot of question about why don't you go for two in the overtime after you score with yeah. the, with the second possession, um, yeah, it just uh, it just seemed like it was put together, you know, with bales of wire or something. It was it was all coming frayed, and just they ha- they had to hang on. I, I don't I don't even know if they have, you know, somebody who everyone in the stands would be calling for to get the way fans do about third string quarterbacks all the time to go in there. So yeah, yeah they need was, Taylor just, Heineke. That's who they need. Right, they need right, a magician right. like Heineke. So that game was great. The old, the Bedlam game was great. Are, do you? Let me go back to what you said. Then, do you think that if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, Baylor is a ranked team. That's who they play, right? Yeah. Baylor. Um, if right. they beat Baylor and they get out with just one loss, do you think they vault over Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati is on solid ground if it beats Houston because Houston's ranked. Yeah. As well, and and eleven and one, and if if Cincinnati could beat Houston, I think in the in the American Conference uh, Championship game, I think they should be in in good shape. I think one thing that's going to hurt Oklahoma State is it, its non-conference schedule. It did go to Boise State and won twenty-one to twenty in a game that had no scoring in the second half, which we I don't know when the last time I saw anything like that, but. So it was it was okay, but it, in the non-conference schedule with Tulsa, Missouri State, it kind of struggled. Yeah. It had fourth-quarter yeah. doubt, and I think those are the things in these narrow margins that that kind of come back to get you. And the idea that Cincinnati's unbeaten, I think, would would make them edge out Oklahoma State. Thanks so much for being on. As always, busy weekend for you. Busy, busy, busy. And and it's don't worry, we're going to lean. We're going to lean on you again because that's all I do. I'm the neediest <laughs> guy in the world. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much, Tony. Chuck Culpepper, he's really good. If uh, Listen to me. If you can get his stories online, he wrote his brains out over the weekend, didn't he? I think he has really – sounds grandiose. I think he has really reinvented the game story. I think he understands exactly where newspapers fit in the news cycle these days. You don't go to the sports section to find out who won. You go to the sports section to read Chuck. So this is, what I'll say now, is extraordinarily personal. Um, When I first started reading him, 
my reaction was, who's this guy? I remember who's you saying Who's this that. guy trying to dominate the story like this? And who's I, this guy? And I stuck up for him. Right. And about a month in, I then had turned around completely and decided he was the best I'd ever read. <laughs> and it reminded me of something that had happened to me. That when I first got to the Washington Post, Shirley Povich started reading me. And I was writing a different sort of sports column, trying to be funny, trying to be a wise guy. And he said, who's this guy? What's he trying to do? And then Shirley turned around and loved what, you know, so I'm, that's, that's how I feel about Chuck. I think he's tremendous. We will take a break. When we come back, we will ask Jean questions about things she hates and will refuse to talk about, like Stephen Sondheim. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X chair, Reed. What makes X chair the world's greatest office chair? Maybe it's no, the patented no, dynamic no, variable no, lumbar support no, or the fact that you can add LMX technology with four massage options and the ability to warm or cool your back. No other office chair can do that, right, Chess? Now is the perfect time to purchase an X chair. Why now? Because now is the only time X chair goes on sale all year. That's right, only on Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. So that's today. This is Cyber Monday. Come on, you deserve an X-Chair. You're going to kick yourself if you miss this special deal. Save up to $500 on X-Chair. Four days only on Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Go to xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, Tony, T-O-N-Y, dot com. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $25 a month. Go to xchairtony.com. And save up to $500, xchairtony.com. Use the code, people. That's a good deal. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's a shame I didn't think we'd fail with cellophane. <laughs> Couldn't keep our hearts from going stale And it's a shame Couldn't make it work And I see This is Heather Maloney again. This is a song called Perchless Bird. Michael Granberry writes, She has given you her permission to play Let Me Stay and Perchless Bird. Thanks again for all you do for independent artists everywhere, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. How talented is this one? And the thing about it is, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, she reminds me of that. She doesn't remind me of anybody else. She's really good. Michael, if people like Heather Maloney want their music played on this show, how do they go about doing it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. All right. So you, I just want to explain the cryptocurrency ad. I'm just okay. going to explain the Matt Damon okay. ad. Okay. I am one of those people who thinks Matt Damon is great. Agreed. I think everything Matt Damon does... He is great, okay? There is a commercial. He's, he's just sort of in it. He's walking through what appears to be a museum, and he comes to somebody like Christopher Columbus. You think it's Christopher Columbus, and he mentions what he did. And then he comes to somebody else who went to the Wild West and mentions what he did. And then he comes to astronauts and mentions what they did. And, and it's a, probably only just a 30-second spot. And then you see the globe behind him. And he said, this is, if we've learned anything, it's four words. Fortune favors the brave. And then you see the ad for crypto.com. Now, me personally, I wouldn't put a dime into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or anything like that because I'm too old. Because I believe in the gold standard of the American banking system and currency system. But this commercial... This is like a, a generational divide commercial, it almost seems to me. But you haven't seen it. But you like Matt Damon. Would you put money in cryptocurrency? No. Neither would I. I, I mean, I think people are what fools. What I don't do know that. is. I'd put your money in. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't know is how proven are those systems? Zero proof. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do it, but it's a great commercial. Yeah. Okay. How was your Thanksgiving and. I was very fortunate this year. Both Michael and Elizabeth and their families, their significant others, were out in Delaware with me. It was the best Lovely. best Thanksgiving of all time. No fights, no screaming. It did was great. Elizabeth make focaccia? She did not make focaccia, but uh, 
God bless her. She made everything else. Six adults, she cooked for 25. Oh, wow. And I've got lots of food. She, the greatest mac and cheese I've ever had and the greatest pork roast I've ever had. She's unbelievable. Right? Oh, the pork. I, so we had already done a Friendsgiving, so I'd, I'd, I'd had enough of turkey uh, and what she can do with stuffing and just simple mashed potatoes, but it was this, it was this pork roast wrapped in bacon. Oh. Slice it thin for sandwiches. Oh, it's Mm. great. It was just great. So what was yours? So I spent Thanksgiving with John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Okay. I watched... um, So you specifically bought Disney Plus for this. I'm a Disney employee. Shouldn't I get this for free? I I don't know, but you should... Um, If you can't dig deep, Tony, (laughs) and pay $7.99 for a month, okay? Okay. (laughs) Don't forget to cancel. You will learn... you think you know a lot about the Beatles. You really don't. Here they are getting ready for this album slash documentary slash movie. And they're sorting out all kinds of things. And George, Paul, and John are sitting on these little, you know, folding chairs. And Ringo's up on a platform with the drums. And they're not rehearsing. They're composing you see, it starts off with Paul saying something to John, like, Jojo was sweet Loretta Marsh, sweet Loretta... And, I mean, they begin to flesh out the songs that we now all know by heart. From Let It Be. Should this were... From Let It Be and also from Abbey Road. From Abbey Road. Oh, from Abbey Road, too. Yeah, okay. it's a kind of a mix. Okay. It's like, should this word be past or should this word be last? Should this... Ber- Word be waiting, or should this word be standing? Unbelievable, but what... Yeah, you wouldn't have worked. I saw her waiting there. What, exactly, but that's what they started to say. (laughs) Right. But but what was so interesting to me was the dynamic. Brian Epstein has died recently, so that, they refer to him as their father figure. So they are kind of adrift, and Paul has decided that he's got to be the leader. So if it's a family, it's like Paul's the oldest brother. And he's kind of bossing everybody around. Bossing John around. Bossing John around because John is the perfect middle child. John is kind of carefree and yet he's an insurrectionist. He's just kind of sitting there. And George is like the youngest in the family. And he's like, why are the two older boys leaving me out of everything? Ringo is the family pet. <laughs> Ringo is so lovable. He's so reliable. He just shows up. He goes with the flow. But also, sitting in that circle, two inches from John's side is Yoko. Is Yoko. And now I've come a long way with Yoko. I've always thought of her as the villain. Well, you will from this. And now I've changed because, I mean, she watched her husband get gunned down on a huh? New York street. So, yes. And, and she's done a lot to be keeper of his flame. So I appreciate her for that. She's sitting with this group as this sort of magic is happening. She's doing embroidery. She's reading a tabloid. She's going through her mail. And I'm like, Yoko girl, if you're going to do that, like, go to the back of the room. Don't sit there. So it's, uh, and I can't believe. Is Linda involved at this point? A little bit. Linda is still Linda Eastman. Okay. And she comes in, but she's much more on the periphery. She brings her camera. Of course, she was a photographer and she's taking pictures. So so this is, this is the first, to me, this is the only question I have to ask you. Do you trust Peter Jackson? Do you trust him to do this and bring you to the conclusions that he's obviously brought you to? You do? Yeah, because nine hours of of footage doesn't lie. I mean, you see this. Tape don't lie, as we say in football. And also, Paul and Ringo and the wives of John Lennon and George Harrison— are behind this project. I mean, okay. and, and everybody winds up looking bad at one point. Everybody winds up looking good at one point. But you also meet all these characters on the periphery, like Glenn John, who's this like genius producer at the control board. Nobody does. The four of them sit waiting until Glenn is ready. Is George Martin prominent? George is not prominent. George is sort of on the periphery, the very regal, handsome Sir George Martin, not a sir then, but he's kind of hovering and makes a few suggestions. But it's, I, I, I look back and I thought, well, maybe he is more when they're in a recording studio more organized than this kind of makeshift 
situation because Glenn Johns is is clearly pulling all the strings for this production. But I mean, the songs that come out of it are just unbelievable. Get Back, The Long and Winding Road, Two of Us. I mean, they're kind of split between what appears on the Let It Be album and what appears on Abbey Road. So I understand that you and I will find this fascinating and watch it and watch it and watch it. Do you think it has any appeal to someone Michael's age? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the music market is such a niche market now. I don't know if people have the investment in a group like we had. Oh, the other great thing. So George is cranky the whole time. Paul is just beating him up. That's an old-fashioned chord. Don't do that. And at one point, George suggests, well, maybe, you know, we ought to bring in some new people, you know, like Billy Preston. Blah, blah, blah. So the next day, Billy Preston wanders in. Billy Preston has just come from being with Jerry G, Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard, oh, okay? No. Billy Preston sits down at the keyboard. There's no music in front of him. There's no words. They're composing as they go along. He starts playing. He knows exactly what to do without any information in front of him at all. You realize his genius, too. So that was, I, I remember the, the one big takeaway I had from the Elton John movie, which is good, not great, but it's a good movie, was that he just sat there. Um, Bernie Taupin gave him the lyrics, mm-hmm. and he just sat there and made the song. And I just thought, wow, that's, how do you do that? How do you do that? And this is what you're... Well, this is much more collaborative. Right. I mean, at one point, you hear John just, I mean, George just kind of standing there going, "Um, so I started this song, something in the way she moves, something in the way she moves, and it doesn't get very far then. And then Ringo comes in one morning standing at the piano, and they all play every instrument, of course, and he picks out, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden. And, and George comes over with his guitar and kind of tries to help him work on it. So the youngest boy comes to help the family pet, you know, because there's <laughs> this, this whole pecking, pecking order that is just fascinating to watch. So worth it. Seven ninety eight, and then I can cancel? Seven ninety nine for one month, Tony. Dig deep. I okay. think you can handle it. Okay. All right. What did you do as a kid for Thanksgiving, by the way? Did you have big gatherings? Did you go away? Did you ever go to, to Delaware? For no, Thanksgiving? No. Because you used to go to Delaware for a while. No, for Thanksgiving, never. No, but I'm saying, no, you went other oh, times. Oh, we always went to Bethany in the summer. Right. But no, we would go to my parents' house, and my mother would cook fabulous meals, and sometimes she'd have her in-laws and her parents, and one year while carving the turkey, she cut her finger so badly you could see the bone. Oh. And she paid no attention well she paid attention to it she told no one she wrapped it to stanch the bleeding and then proceeded to just drink from dad's bottle of bourbon for the, <laughs> the rest of the night and which she never did but just to get through thanksgiving we had a we had a lovely thanksgiving oh, so don't me. you think yeah, yeah great thanksgiving for me it was to see the two boys um respond to aunt liz to hear aunt liz was something that you know i i I have not heard that in a long time. And to see them respond to Ron, who comes down, they love Uncle Ron. He talks to them about fire trucks. Uh, so to get the family together in this house that we never had envisions of the family beach house having the entire family. No, it was really nice. nice. No, it, it really was nice. And, and some bedding had to be moved around. You know, everybody had to make sure that they had some place to stay. But it was it was really nice. Got to play a little bit of golf. We got to play nine holes in what would you say a sustained thirty five mile an hour wind? We did. The Bootsy and the Hammer made it for one single hole. After I put it out in one, my my oldest was shivering. Yeah, uh, so That's Liz cold. had to take the boys back, and of yeah. course, Dada and, and Grandpa Tony. We had to finish nine. We finished nine. See what we could post. Well, you that know. course is on the water, right? Close to the water. Yeah, so it's really close. Right on the bay, yeah. I mean, the wind was significant. There was one, like, I remember this, and I don't usually remember things like this. We were on number six, for those of you who've ever played Rehoboth Beach, number six. Oh, yeah. I and Michael, on a second shot, hit what appeared to be a great shot. I mean, it was really, it left the club. It was a great shot. It was headed right for the stick, and the wind caught it. And knocked it down into a trap. Yeah, knocked it down 20 yards, a full 20 yards short, wow. fried egg. I pulled it out, got it up and down. Yeah, well, I expected you Preferred to do that. Preferred lies. But, but it was, <laughs> I, you know, that was, it was fun. Every night, 
I just lay there and thought, oh, it, it, disaster is looming. But it didn't. It didn't. That's great. Yeah, it was really good. It I was, don't want to try it again. It was, <laughs> don't don't fate. push your luck. I want to tempt fate. It was great that Liz and Ron, you know, that took the effort, the time to come down to see us, because uh, yes. I know it's not easy living with two little guys under four and a half. But for you to see how you responded to the boys over three nights of staying with them at one point. Got down on the ground at one point. At, yeah, so that's that's where we're going to end. Down where we on started the ground. was the Little Walker man was, was I think, playing, you know, police officer and or toll collector, where he has these little magnet tiles. It's, you know, two by two blocks that can clip together with magnets. And he's running around going up to everyone like, ticket, here's your ticket. Uh, you're a baddie. Gra- Grandpa Tony was sitting at the table. He hands you a ticket. You immediately turn to Carol and just go, take care of this. Take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> and so by, uh, by the weekend, I go upstairs and we left. Henry is just forgotten at this point. He's, he's running around. And I see you on the ground, uh, you know, basically in your plank position, identifying the, uh, the, the elephant. Animals. Yeah, the elephant trunk The tiger, and the elephant and all of that with the baby doing that. It was okay. It was hard to get up. <laughs> You know, it was hard to get down, harder still to get up, but it was, I'm, you know, I had that one grandpa moment. I haven't had many of those. It's nice. It's very, very nice. Uh, Let me, by the way, wish everybody a happy Hanukkah because we are now tonight in the second night of Hanukkah. Boys are very excited. We're going to come over this week to do some candlelight. Good. That's good. And I wanted to also uh, prepare people. Tomorrow we're going to do a special show. We're going to have Mitch Album on for about an hour. I'm just going to talk with Mitch. Whose book is number one this week? Number one in the New York Times bestseller list, The Stranger in the Lifeboat. Um, so we will, uh, Mitch and I go back a long way and we will talk. Um, okay, so we'll get out of here now. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad. Get your property cold weather ready by making sure you have the right insurance coverage. Policy Genius can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. It's never a bad time to find ways to bundle your home and auto insurance and save with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com. Answer a few questions about yourself and your property. Policy Genius will show you price estimates for policies that fit your search and help you understand your options. The Policy Genius can look for ways to save you more money. If they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. Policy Genius has saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. Policy Genius has saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. So they're saving you money. Like you're an idiot not to do this. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. Policy Genius does not add on extra fees or sell your info to third party. And that, I don't, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that when you buy something. Don't sell my info. Yeah, don't It's do mine. That. Right, that's right. Head to policygenius.com to get your free home and auto insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It must have been cataracts Or maybe glaucoma It couldn't have been Moonglow that screwed up your old eyes. What is a khaki moon? <laughs> Sounds like a new type of pant. Pant, singular. <laughs> but if Johnny O sells it, Please, people, use the code. From Brian and Oak Hill, it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely about when I said that the moon was brown, not red, khaki-colored to some degree. Lovely, thank Regular you, Regular khaki. Um, Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda bagel ad? We got sandwiches today. I'm going to send Gene home with a sandwich before the dog eats it. <laughs> yes, the sandwiches. We love them. You will as well. Go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That just about does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say I've just met a girl named Maria, and suddenly that name will never be the same to me, Maria. That, of course, is one of the more famous lyrics, one of the more accessible lyrics that Stephen Sondheim ever wrote. Uh, in my mind, that remains. And I, I grant that 
that Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius. But in my mind, West Side Story is the greatest musical ever made. And it's Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim. It's pretty good for a couple of kids. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Culpepper. And did thank you, Gene, for sitting in with us today. Thank you to our sponsor, Simply Safe X Chair Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I got two codes for you. Do you mind? Go ahead. Yeah, so Cyber Monday, shop.tonyconezershow.com. We have some show-related products. Use the code ROBK. I don't think Rob knows that this is going to happen. He was at a big <laughs> football game yesterday. Did not see his Colts uh, get the W, but he'll get the W with this promo code. Okay. And I think, Dad, you and I will have uh, maybe a couple surprises if any of these orders um, you know, come through. And then TK Harvest is still available for Johnny O. They have a big uh, Black Friday Cyber Monday deal, but they'll give you the better of, of the promo codes going forward. Can I write some, read some old emails? Sure. Oh, please. From, is this March, from March 7th? 5th, March 5th. Oh. Um, this is from Bruce Nattinger in Oconawamuk, Wisconsin. And he just writes, here's how you pronounce Oconawamuk. <laughs> just very sick. <secret. laughs> Many years ago, a balding-aged wise man wearing L.L. Bean canvas pants and keen boots attempted to walk from Milwaukee to Madison, a distance of 80 miles. Halfway through, he abruptly stopped, sat on a log, and pronounced, I can no more walk it. Oh, I can no more walk. That's how it's pronounced. That's great. He probably would have been better off in Skechers, but I digress. A short time ago, I heard you reference the 18 holes that exist on every golf course in the world as if it were a natural constant, like the speed of light or the number pi. While this is quite true, the reason they have the values they do are quite different. The speed of light and pi are what they are because, well, that's what they are. Golf is special. A few years ago, I had the privilege of attending the world's first scientific congress of golf held at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. In between talks such as properties of bunker sands and club hat weight distribution and ball club impact dynamics and a workshop on conservation and recreation co-hosted by Robert Trent Jones Jr. I was absorbed by the treasures of that small town including the 12th century ruins of the local cathedral and of course the old course. Unfortunately the track itself was closed to golfers to allow the grass to rest as it was the week before the 1990 Open. But as you or Michael may know, certainly not Saliza, the old course is a public park and at that time you could actually walk your dog on the course. Imagine Chessie chasing Scottish hair through the gorse towards Miss Granger's bosoms. We instead chose to run the course one morning from 1 through 18. Just spectacular, but not as mystic or reverent as my walk home every evening at dusk from the Jigger Inn, crossing the tarmac onto 17, staring down into the road bunker and across the green to the famous wall, then striding up 18 over the Swilkin Burn to the green while the royal and ancient, with the royal and ancient glimmering in the twilight. You've done that. I've done that walk. While in St. Andrews, I learned these Never three things. It. Scottish cuisine was created on a dare. The world's most amazing roses are found on every lawn of every house in St. Andrews. And the reason there are 18 holes on every golf course in the world is that there are 18 holes on the old course. It's probably true. Yeah. It's a lovely email. From, do you remember when Sansa's kid backed into the garage? <laughs> yes. From March 5th, 2021, <laughs> from Rob, 48. Before the Sands boys hit the house, did they at least yell four? <laughs> From Alan Holty, March 4th, Red Wing, Minnesota. I never backed into my house, but I do an in have an interesting driving story for you. I was working at Pizza Hut and was given a break. I was very excited to grab something to eat and drove one mile to McDonald's before realizing I'd forgotten my money. I drove back, grabbed the money, and went in reverse. The car backed up into the curb, and I applied the brake. Knowing that I was wasting valuable time, I punched the gas. Unfortunately, the car was still in reverse. It jumped up the curb and hit the hut. My boss, Steve Anderson, was very kind and mentioned we were going to be remodeling and came up with a reasonable bill for me. Reasonable bill for me. The next day, I took my 1972 Chevy Cheyenne to my bank's drive-thru to get money for the repairs. The truck was pretty wide and had the metal bars holding the side mirrors out even wider. I tried pulling in. I had to give up, but I heard a loud noise like a boom. I backed out, walked in, and got the money. I went to work, and three hours later, some police officers show up. Apparently, the metal bars holding the side mirrors had cracked the machine that sends the tubes... The pneumonic tubes. That was an expensive 24 hours. Joel Ruark, after, from Chicago. This is from March 7th. I've been listening to your show nearly every day for over 10 years now. And this last week, I finally had my own David Aldridge moment. On a Monday show, you read an email from Ara Coliance from Detroit about he and, how he and some fellow groomsmen turned up the heat in his friend's house before his wedding, only to find out that his friend and his wife didn't return to the house for two weeks. I immediately <laughs> and instinctively thought, I know that guy. We sat right next to each other in third semester Greek class at Gordon Con Conwell Theological Seminary over 10 years ago. Certainly there can't be more than one Ara Coliance from Detroit. 
Sure enough, I confirmed it over Facebook that my friend Ara, with whom I studied for our Greek final exam, and is now a Christian pastor outside Detroit, had also been a loyal little for years and years, and I never knew. The connective tissue is amazing. Isn't that nice? All of these things are nice. They're all old, too. One more. I'll do one more, and then we'll get out of here. From Kurt Johnson in Leipzig, Germany. And I wonder if he's going to, what was the name of that town? Um, the Hotel Monopole? Yeah, Valkenburg. Valkenburg we, right. actually sounds, Valkenburg sounds like, you know, you've got a duck because here come the Valkenbergs, <laughs> doesn't it? Or, or like the vampires are thriving there, yeah. something like that. Dear Tony, at the end of Wednesday's mailbag, and it's not just, what it's like almost a year ago, you read an email from a <laughs> Professor Rich Bodek from the College of Charleston. As it happens, one of my dearest friends, Rachel Donaldson, is an assistant professor in the history department there. So I looked Professor Bodek up, and it turns out he's a historian there specializing in German and Central European history. Rachel and I went to graduate school together for history at Vanderbilt, and she's in the history department. So I emailed her, and she said that she and Dr. Bodek are actually quite close. As it turns out, I also specialize in German history. After being an itinerant scholar at several universities in the United States, I decided to pack up and move to Germany in 2016 to work in an open museum and do independent research, the connective tissue. Rachel has absolutely no interest in sports, but she loves music, so maybe Dr. Bodek and I can use that as an in to make a new little. And Dr. Bodek, if you hear this whenever it is, Key phrase, whenever it is. The next time you see Rachel, be sure to give her a big TK salute from Kurt. Kurt Johnson, Leipzig, Germany. The historians, they play a long game. They do, indeed. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Okay, we wound up 5 and 11. Not very good. Uh, but there were some worse than us. I guess that's one positive way to look at it. We weren't the worst team in the league. God bless Spurrier. My brother's old room used to be mine And all of our posters have changed over time Now all of our idols are on the tip of our tongues And we can't recall what's his name over eggnog and rum And my brother's old room used to be mine Now my mother's old paintings can finally shine and fill all the spaces where celebrities posed I woke up this morning in a room that I know Ooh, my brother's old room used to be mine He painted it blue when I left it behind Now my mother's old Alvarez leans up against white In the brand new guest room I slept last night and let me stay a little longer let me rest let me belong here I am a guest in every room I've ever known and if my brother's old ceiling gets just enough sun the shapes of our I woke up in the morning and picked up her guitar And I'm my mother's old Alvarez from 76 I wrote down the song as a bargaining chip To capture a moment from merciless time To stay in a room that I know for a while And let me stay a Long here I am a guest in every room I've ever known. My brother's old room this morning is mine, and someday a stranger will wait to this light. And this illumination is a passage of at the door I pack up my bag and I leave it once more 
Another holiday ends in a teary embrace Because even our bodies are places we stay Because even our bodies are places we stay And let me stay a little longer Let me rest, let me belong Here I am a guest in every It's a shame I didn't think we'd fail with cellophane Couldn't keep our hearts from going stale And it's a shame Couldn't make it work And I see blame It's a birchless bird, a vulture It's above us now Drawing circles Don't let it come your shoulder don't give it ground we had some good times don't let it break down memories worth keeping and i never really wanted to leave no i never really wanted to leave and i never really wanted